0: Hey everyone, I'm Jordy, the Bible School and Tech Director here, and welcome or welcome back to Impact Life Church's online experience. After the message, please take a moment to like or subscribe, but most importantly, we hope that this message inspires you to impact this generation for Jesus. You handsome man, you? All right, my well man, it's good to be back here. Welcome to September! Here we are, man, new season, we're excited about this season. How many are you grateful for new seasons in life? Oh, yeah. and I'm, I'm thankful for it, I man. It's, it's good to be here. And we just want to welcome you all. If this is your first time here, hey, you belong here. This is your family, and we are so glad and thrilled that you came to be with us this morning. And those that are joining live stream, we want to welcome you as well. hey oh, welcome to see you through the screen. We're glad that you're part of the service with us. And uh, this morning, we got some exciting things, and I believe the Lord's going to speak to you this morning. How many believe that? How many of you came not to hear me speak? Every hand should be up in the air. Because right? <laughs> what i got to say to you is not going to help you at all. But what the Lord wants to say to you will absolutely rock your socks off. And what's so great is He's not limited to what I say or what I don't say. He lives on the inside of you. And He will bring truth to you right where you're at. What I love about the Holy Spirit, He's kind of like one of those... You know, if in, 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 have you ever gone to uh, one of those custom-made tailor suit fits kind of thing? Anybody ever done one of those before? Yeah, me neither. Okay. well, there's a few people. But I, I, you know, you've seen them on movies and people kind of standing up and the guy's walking around making sure all this here don't look, it looks good on you, it's kind of slimming. Well, the Holy Spirit's kind of like that. He will custom make the message directly where you are at in your life, directly where you're at in your situation. And he'll just form it in such a way that you hear it, that you get it, that you understand it. Aren't you thankful for him? He's not limited by how slow we are. I don't, I'm thankful for that, man. I'm a little bit slower, you know, naturally speaking. But with him, I'm quick. Right, So why don't we just say that together? I'm sharp. I'm, sharp. I'm a blessing I'm and I'm good looking. It's better being, you know, broke, ugly and depressed, right? I mean, this is this is who we are. But man, we just again, We're so glad that you came and I want to just say a big thank you to, you know, Mr. Barry spoke a couple weeks ago. Pastor Sheila spoke last week, knocked it out of the park, y'all, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. She's slow to speak. She's quick to hear, uh, and it's it's some good stuff. And so we were so so thank you for all that. And uh, man, obviously the Washington wonderful teams that are on, thank you so much for making this church what it is. And uh, this morning, what I have just had on my heart to, to share with you, uh, just some things that the Lord Lord's been stirring in my heart for the past couple weeks. Um, you know, I was I, Jamie and I we were in Vancouver visiting some family, and then we had an opportunity to go to Seattle catch the ball game, and uh, basically got to see my Yankees crush the Mariners, which is absolutely wonderful to see and during all that there's just some things I've been brewing in my heart and I want to continue just to share them with you and uh, we have been talking a little bit about these my sessions over the summer has been talking about being Jesus people and uh, I want to tap into that a little bit more again and go into something just talking about humility and uh, the importance of humility in our lives that in order to really properly move forward into what God has called you and I to be in and to walk through humility is absolutely necessary so before we get into that, I want to just lay a quick foundation again of what we've been talking about. because I don't know anybody remember what we talked about three weeks ago? <laughs> no idea. Four weeks ago. you have no idea. What's that? Let's see it again. It Micah 68. Six okay, we got a winner, everybody. Golden Star. she's not just getting a tan you know and not just building a human inside her, she's also listening. But well, we've been talking about being Jesus, people. And what does that look like? And I just think what's amazing is this God that we have, I mean, if he was in charge of a relationship with you, you would, if he was in control of it in the sense of he dictated how the relationship would be, you would be led in every decision. You would know the word inside and out. But the reality of this whole thing is is that you are, God is not in charge of how deep a relationship with him goes. It's your and my job. So the question really is how bad do you want it? How badly do you want him? Because to the extent that you are experiencing him now is the degree and the space that you've allowed him in your personal life. So if you're like, well, I'm not, I'm not seeing much of God, it's because you've only given him that much in your life. How much do you want? Because if you give God an inch, guess what? He only takes an inch. You give the enemy on the other hand, you give him an inch, he takes a foot. He's a jerk. Right? God is a perfect gentleman, so he will take whatever you can give him. So I believe that the season that we're going into is going to be an opportunity for you and I to stretch ourselves and say, God, I want more of you in my life. I'm going to give you two inches. Okay, maybe it's three inches. Whatever amount of degree that it is for you, that's what I want for you. That's what I want with him is I want the whole thing. Man, Jesus gave me all of himself. Guess what? It's available to you. And what I just think is so wonderful is that, again, that God is the one, is not in charge of this. He gave that to you and I. So, just make this quick statement to you, but a deep, what is a deep relationship with Jesus? It's an opportunity where his word is able to imprint on you to change the way that you think. What is a deep relationship with God? You know, people ask that question before, well, what is a deep relationship with God? It's how quickly, how much of his word is being imprinted on your mind to change the way that you think. That's really what it is. So how deep of a relationship do you want with him? It totally depends, again, on how much you're allowing the word to change the way you think. Because the way that you think determines the decisions that you make. And the decisions that you make ultimately put you in the direction in life. So if you're not liking the way that you're heading, you've got to change the way that you think. And how do you think? Everybody thinks based on what they hear. So we gotta go back to knowing who he is. We gotta go back to the very fundamental foundation of getting to know this Jesus that we serve, right? Okay, awesome, I'm glad we're all on the same page. Now Daniel 11 verse 32, scriptures that we've seen, but the very last part of it, it says the people who know their God shall be what? Strong. Come on, say it like you're strong, man. Wow. Strong, not wimpy, not wishy-washy, the people that know their God shall be strong and what they will carry out, great exploits. Now this is one thing that the Lord's been you know, just working in my heart, is dream big, but start small. So think big. It doesn't start with exploits. Where does it start? It starts with spending time in the Word on a regular basis and allowing the Word to impact the way that I think. It's not starting with exploits. It's starting taking time every day to pray in other tongues and allow the gift, allow God on the inside of me to get bigger and bigger and bigger than what I'm currently at. So it doesn't start with exploits, but that's what we get to. Right? Does that make sense? So we want to dream big. Man, you got great vision to see. You want to impact your your community. You want to impact, you know, the job that you're in, you know, all these different things. That's wonderful. That's great. But where does it start? It starts with, Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow. grow, And my kids' version of it, you've heard that one when Jace preached a couple weeks ago. If you don't read your Bible and don't pray every day, you start to stink, stink, right? And we don't want no farty Christians around. That this doesn't do nothing. You know, the, the Living Bible says in Daniel 11.32, it says, The people who know their God will be strong and they will do great things. Now, we all talk about doing great things. We all talk about doing these amazing things, and that's wonderful, that's good. But now there's a process. You don't just all of a sudden wake up one day and, oh, I'm going to do great things today. There's a process to it. What's the process? It's getting to know Him. Because when you know Him, you got confidence, right? And confidence, you can step out boldly and start doing things that are un- unnatural even to your own self. So again, this word know is to have a developed a relationship with someone through meeting and spending quality time with them. So are you spending time with them? Or are you just dreaming about the exploits? This is something that the Lord's been talking to me. It's not just the exploits, it's the day-to-day main, you know, just regular lifestyle is getting to know him on a regular basis. Man, it's wild. It's just I think God is so cool. He's into the bigness, but then he's also into the smallness as well. Now I notice this Isaiah forty-five, nineteen, this is a verse that I was just reading while I was on holidays. And this I, I love this in the Amplified. Isaiah 45, 19, he says, Have I not spoken in secret in a corner of the land of darkness? I did not call the descendants of Israel or Jacob to a fruitless service, saying, Seek me for nothing. So God's not saying, Seek me, and what's going to happen, you're not going to get anything out of it. He says, Seek me for nothing, but I promise them a just reward. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. The tr- trust. Truth, trustworthy, straightforward, correspondence between deeds and words. Now, I'm going to give a share it to you in the new Amplified. It says, did I not tell Israel to seek me in vain with no benefit for yourselves? Did you know that when you seek God, guess who, you, guess who benefits? You do. Did you know that doing your every day and spending time, even if it's just in the evenings, in the mornings, before you do your thing, it is going to benefit you? So God starts, he's, what he's trying to do is he's trying to get you in. What I want to do this morning is I want to whet our appetite again for going close to him. Because, man, when you spend time with him in secret, guess what? He rewards you secretly. No, openly, so that everybody else can see it. Your whole Instagram can be blasted with, this is what God did in my life. That's what he wants. He, you talk to him in secret, and he rewards you openly. That's who our God is. And this is what he's saying. When you seek me, it'll be a reward for you. You're going to benefit from it. Anybody like good benefits? Come on somebody, who wants a benefit? Now what does it require? Man, when I go after him, I'm gonna benefit from it. My marriage is gonna be blessed. You know, some of your problem is, you don't necessarily need marriage counseling, you need to spend time with him. Let him straighten you out. When he spends time with you, when you get close to him, man, it changes you. I've been in the closet with the Lord before complaining about my wife, because she was totally wrong. Which is usually kind of the case in our relationship. Except for, you know, the the odd time here and there. But most of the time, every time I go in there, not, you don't have many fights, every time I go in there, the times that I have gone in there, the Lord has never talked to me about her. What? Like, Lord, I don't think you understand. The woman you gave me is causing problems. What? It was me. Everybody say that. It was me. No, 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 it didn't say it was you. No, no, it was me. And it's not me, it's you. No, it's not me, it's you. All right? Now, yeah, that conversation does not go over well with the Lord. It's not me, it's her. Now, it didn't, didn't work. But spending time with him changes those things. And so, again, this is the whole preface of what Jesus came to this earth for. Think about it. God sent his only son, John three sixteen. He sent his only begotten son to give you what? Well, what kind of life? Everlasting, eternal life. What is eternal life? John 17, 3. This is This is vital that we know this. I know this is very foundational, but this is where it all begins. We talk about exploits, and we can get people hooping and hollering, "Woo yeah, let's do it! And then nothing happens. How do we get to see that something happen? It starts here, because eternal life means to know and experience. We have to talk to people about the experiences we've had we got to show them. we got to showcase that to them. This is what God is. God wants to experience you. He wants you to experience Him. And He wants to reveal Himself to everyone He possibly can. And He wants to do it through you and me. So this is eternal life. is what? To know you, the only true God, and to know and experience Jesus Christ. Can we just read that again? Eternal life means... What does it mean? To know. That doesn't just mean head knowledge. That's working, intimate, day-to-day mindset changes. When I know something, then I'm going to carry out what I know. That you know God, but then what else? Experience Him. Let me ask you this. When's the last time you experienced Him? When's the last time that you experienced Jesus Christ in your personal life? When was the last time? Because if it was a week ago, that's, that's great. If it was five years ago, Great. If it's 10 years ago, great. But the whole purpose of why he came is that you experience him daily. Yeah. Don't just say, oh man, there, there was such a move of God back in the 80s, back in the 90s. Man, Jesus people, we were you know, so high on drugs, and then we got high on God. It was amazing. That's wonderful. That's great. But in 2019, yeah. God wants to do and move and experience him. Yeah. It's the same God. So what does he want to do? It may look a little different, but it's the same Jesus. Now, this is the invitation. He throws it out to whosoever. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with the invitation? Come on, come close to me. Come hang out with me. I want to show you stuff. I want to reveal my goodness to you. What kind of God do you think that he is? Do you think, well, if I get close, is he going to bash me on the head? Am I going to get corrected every time I go with him? Well, that may come, but there's nothing wrong with that because it hurts Good. And on the other end, and when, he come, when you come close to him, he's going to reveal himself in his wonderful glory and who he is and his kindness because his kindness is what changes you. Yes, right. It's not the harshness of God. You don't find that anywhere in Scripture. Again, when we were at that ball game, there was a guy, guess what, with a sign. <laughs> he had a sign. I said, Hold me back. <laughs> And meant what he was saying, like, he was, like there was absolute truth in what he was saying. But what's the difference? The kindness of God is not attached That's to it. Right. No effect. And you know, actually, Jamie just said she told me this on the way. About one of the security guys that were there trying to help people kind of get through the gates. Because I mean, kudos to this guy. He knew exactly where to stand thousands and thousands of people walking through those gates. And he had one of those mega blasters on a big sign, right? And he's doing all this yelling. But this is what the guy said. I don't think he was a believer or anything like that. just a security guard. And he said, come on in, folks. I'll just, we'll make sure you get through and you can avoid all the noise. Did you hear that? You avoid all the noise. Without love, what are you? You are a clanging cymbal, just a sounding brass. There is nothing to you. Did anybody hear? Oh, I'm sure they heard him, but they didn't hear it. Why? Because love is not attached to it. When you got this repent or go to hell, that is, not, that is not the gospel. That's not. Did you know that's not the gospel? The gospel is Jesus came for you and died so that you could be with him for eternity. That's the good news as you talk about what Jesus has already done for you. Now receive it. Hell's not even in the equation. It's just simply what are you going to do about this man Jesus? That is the question. Not the question is, do you want to go to heaven or hell? Forget about that is, what are you going to do about Jesus? Amen. What do you do about this man? Right. Man, I just saw when, when Jamie said that, and I heard that guy. That yowza. Anywho, that's just my holiday experience. <laughs> so how do I walk with him? Micah six eight. Thank you, Chrissy, for getting our <laughs> verse properly. But I want you to see this. Now, notice, I want you to see this is what God, this is what pleases him. This is what he gets excited about. Can, can you see this? Don't just look at this and go, oh, you know, just, this is how we got to do life. No, but I, I want you to see walking with him. This is what it's like. I don't know about you, when I see these types of verses, I get excited about this because this gives me direction, this gives me clarity, this gives me insight into how and who our God is. He says, He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you except to be just? Now, we talked about that a couple weeks ago, and if you weren't here, I encourage you, go get it on our podcast, on our YouTube channel, but we talked about not cutting corners. Our God does not cut corners in order to advance or to go to the next level. So to be just. Nextly, is to love and to diligently practice kindness. Now, here's the thing, is really to get addicted to being kind. This is what he requires. This is what God loves. This is what he gets excited about, because this is who he is. He loves and is addicted to being kind. You know, even just this past uh, past week, Jamie and I were, you know, with the family at at a beach in in White Rock, and uh, you know, there's a family that was there, and uh, you know, they, you got to pay for parking, and so this family kind of came up, like they had some money, but obviously it's not, it wasn't working. And, uh, and so they kind of said, sir, do you have any change or anything like that? I said, I got, like, I don't have any change on me. And I uh, so, oh, okay. And she said, well, we're just trying to get our parking. So they were kind of looking around and I was like, you know what, let me just buy your parking. And it almost like, what, why? Let me just buy your parking. It's like, what, eight bucks? Here, here's my credit card, just slide it through. Now, yeah, you're good, you're good to go. They were so appreciative, so thankful. This is what I'm talking, you get addicted, but you know what happened? It changes people. Yeah. It totally changes their old countenance. And now they look at you going, what do you have to say? Like, why are you doing that? When you get addicted to being kind, people will be drawn to you. Because again, kindness is not just something that I try to work up. It's I've received kindness from Him. I've received mercy from my God. So therefore, I can easily show mercy. I can show kindness because I've seen it demonstrated to me. Was I a punk? Absolutely. Would I deserve punishment? Absolutely. But God... So rich in kindness is he towards me that he raised me up with him? Sure, here's eight bucks. Great, yeah, like we think about it, it doesn't always have to be finances. It can be just a smile. Somebody could just be sitting on the corner. Again, I had another opportunity walking down. There's a lot of opportunities over in that part of the country. <laughs> and there's a guy that literally hunched over, sitting on the ground, fast asleep. He was sitting cross-legged and he was just completely out on drugs. So rather than just walking by me in London went up to him and just started talking to him. Hey man, how how are you doing? And he's like, bro, thanks for, you know, we had a nice, we had a quick little chat, but he said, thanks for talking. It's so simple. Yet we, the culture that we live in just totally bypasses and doesn't got time for kindness. Why? Because we're all self-absorbed. I need, I need, I need no when You start showing it. Guess what? You get back. You get the same thing in return. It's the golden rule very simple, but we've got, we've lost the mechanics of simplicity of what this whole life is all about. This is what he loves. He says to love and practice what? Kindness. Why? Because this is who he is. Just think about this. I want you envisioning God. He loves and he practices kindness towards you. Well, how come I'm not seeing it? Because you're not aware of it. So, we're not conscious of what he's doing. When you start, again, getting out of the moan zone and the thankful zone, when you start seeing all these things, you start to attract more of this, and you start to go, oh, I, I see it, I see it. Why? Your God is kind. He's addicted to being kind. He can't help himself. Even the worst person that you don't think deserves anything, he's still kind to them. <laughs> Even the guy with the Turner-Burn sign that I wanted to knock his lights out, God is still kind to him. Why? The sun woke up that morning and blessed him. Like, all of these things come, right? And the next part of this is I want to really talk about is, and to walk humbly with your God. Yeah. Now, again, let's just look at this. You see three different parts of life. Number one is to walk humbly with our God. That's upward. To love showing kindness. That's inward. And to not cut corners. To do what is right. That's outward. So you can see this whole thing. It's upward, inward, outward. Upward, inward, outward. This is where it all begins. It doesn't start with, okay, I gotta do what is right, I gotta do what is right, I gotta do what is right, I gotta do what is right. Because then it becomes law, it becomes works, and it just doesn't work. Then you can't just focus on, okay, I gotta get my inner side right, I gotta get everything right on the inside. We have spent so much time trying to fix the inside and the outside and forgot about the upper. Oh, I gotta get my heart right, I gotta get all this right, I gotta get this out of my life, I gotta get this out of my life, I gotta stop this addiction, I gotta stop that mindset. All of those things, when you just do that, you may cut off some of the fruits, but you never get to the root of the issue. And that whole thing comes from an upward relationship with him. And that's why he says to walk humbly with your God. This is where it all begins. Are we ready to talk about this this morning? All right. The first three rows are okay. The next, are you ready to go? Because this this gets in your face a little bit, and we're going to talk about this the next two weeks. So you don't mind me in your face? All right, three people don't mind. The rest, we'll just, we'll talk about that later. But why humility? I mean, if you look at it, and to walk humbly with your God. Notice it doesn't say, walk with me once you get your life together. He's not saying, once you finally made it, once you've got X amount of dollars, or once your family's put back in place, then you start walking with me. No, he says, right today, you can make a switch on the inside, and all that it is, is he just requires humility to walk with him. When I hear the word to walk humbly with God I look at it like this In your upward relationship with the Lord How easy is it for him To imprint himself on you To walk humbly with the Lord How easy is it for God To take his word And imprint it on you So in other words Are you coachable Are you teachable Are you willing to take a different thought from his word If so, guess what that's humility. I'm willing to take on your thought because I don't know it all. Now, because it doesn't say if you w- to walk humbly with God. God, I can just be arrogant and I can know all this stuff. I can know the word inside and out. It doesn't say anything about how much you know. Because know-it-alls don't go anywhere. <laughs> they don't. They don't get nothing. Oh, I knew that. I've heard that. That's not what he asked you. He said, if you walk humbly with me, you can walk with me. Why? Because this is the walk of the kingdom of God. This is how God walks. And now I want (laughs) to jump in here. Oh, man. Problems begin with a heart that is unwilling to be imprinted on. This is where it all begins. If I'm not open to God imprinting himself on my heart, that's where the problem begins. People don't all of a sudden just have problems and they wake up and boom, there it is. No, it's, there's been a mindset, just a hardness that came in and it's now shown over time and poof, there you go. But it all started with way back in the day. It could have been five months ago, six months ago, a year ago, 10 years ago. Holding on different things and not allowing the Lord to get in there and imprint himself on you. The hardness of heart is the beginning of that issue. That's where it all starts. So that's why he says, walk humbly with me. Why be teachable, be open to correction. let me show you, let me show you because here's the greatest news you'll hear all day is God is smarter than you. <laughs> he knows more than you. Yeah oh, I've been here for 40 years. Great. What's forty years in comparison to eternity? Nothing. Okay, so what do we got to do? Because this again, I'm not going to just talk about we got to see Jesus do this, because this is the life that Jesus lived. Now, you can only go forward in God with a humble attitude. Humility puts the car in drive to move forward. Pride puts on the brakes. I know it. (laughs) There you go. Stuck. How come I'm not going forward? Pride. How come my life's not moving forward? Don't make me say the P word. Pride. Man, I'm moving forward. I'm seeing great things happen in my life. Humility. Man, that's awesome. You've allowed the Lord to show you things. You've allowed him to absolutely cause you to go forward, and it's because you've taken on an attitude. Oh, man, my life just sucks. Everything's just wrong. What's wrong? Pride. Everybody say it with me. Pride. Pride. That's the issue. And you know what? God absolutely hates it. Why? Because it's the nature of the devil himself. It's who he is. You want to meet the most arrogant, know-it-all individual? It's him. (laughs) It's absolutely him. And, you know, we're not going to talk, I'm not going to talk a whole lot about pride this week, maybe next week. But you actually look in 1 John chapter 2. Just turn there for a moment. I want to just show you this. Because the enemy doesn't have a whole lot of tricks up his sleeve. Yeah, he's cunning, he's crafty. But it's the same three things that he tries to get every human being in. Now, no matter where you are, no matter how old you are, where you come from, your skin color, doesn't matter. We all have to deal with pride. We all got to deal with it. Yeah. Just, you might as well acknowledge it because if you don't, I don't deal with that. It's pride right there. Yeah. <laughs> just, just go with it, all right? We all have to deal with it. Now, what I'm talking to you about is walking with him from an upward perspective. Now, First John chapter 2, look at verse 15 and 16. It says, Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you, For when you love the world, you do not have love of the Father in you. Verse 16. For the world offers only. Now what's the world? Now it's talking about this nice blue globe that we're on. What's it talking about? It's talking about the the culture, the kingdom of darkness. This is how it operates. It only offers three things. Ready? Number one. It offers a craving for physical pleasure. Okay? Secondly. Secondly. What else does it offer? A craving for everything we see. In other words, lust. Thirdly, and pride in all of our achievements and possessions. That's it. Now the first two, yeah, but number three I think is the biggest one that all people deal with. It's they have to be recognized. They have to be seen. They want to show off what they got. This is huge. And sadly, look what it says. These are not from the Father But are from this world This is the only thing the enemy has So no matter how you you dress it up There's numerous ways you can dress it up But it all falls into these three categories A craving for physical pleasure A craving for everything we see And the pride in our achievements and our possessions Those are the three things that people get caught up and hung up on Can you see that? So you don't have to complicate it. It's category one, two, or three, or a mix of all of them. You're somewhere, we could be somewhere in there, but our, the goodness of God is when I start loving God, when I start falling in love with this man Jesus, getting to know who he is, allowing him to imprint himself on my heart, these things just vanish. Can you see that? So rather than trying to work out, okay, I gotta get this out of my life, I gotta get pride out of my life. No, no, what we're working on is Working to be with him, walking to be with him. My desire is to know him. And the result is, I don't have time for these things because I'm going with Jesus. Right? Right? Can you see that? Is this making sense? Okay. So, (laughs) Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. I want to do this because we have to see how Jesus lived. So it says, Jesus asked this question, Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden... If so, what does he say? Come to me. I will what? Refresh your life, for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Now, notice these three words. Learn my ways. Can we say that together? Learn my ways. And then what will happen when you learn his ways? You'll discover that I'm gentle. What else will happen? You'll discover that he's humble. You'll discover that he's easy to please. (laughs) You will find refreshment and rest in me. Verse 30, it says, for all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. This is who our God is. If you are going in life going, oh, it's just so rough, man. Things are going wrong. And I I had to just check myself on this because, you know, when I was on spending some time with the Lord this past couple weeks, I've been just going, man, like just things seem to be hard. Then I'm doing it wrong. How's ministry going? How's life going? I should be able to say light and easy. But again, why do we have to say, oh, I'm real busy? Because the pride of life likes to come in and make sure that people think that we're actually busy, that we don't got other stuff going on. The next time somebody asks me, man, how are things going? What's been going on? Are, are You're you packed? You're busy going on? No, actually, I'm light and easy. Really? What's wrong with you? I'm doing life Jesus style. And this is how Jesus lived his life. You don't ever see Jesus just going, oh, man, I got I to gotta save the world. Oh, man, these Jews are just, they're nuts in their beliefs. They're whacked out. Those Pharisees. Oh, oh, God, help him. Like, he's, he's not panicking. Why he, How did he live his life? Light yeah. and easy. Yeah. And I'm gonna, next week, we'll maybe get into this. But to live hard and frustrated is a form of pride. Oh, yeah. Life is hard. Works just so hard, I can't do nothing. It's a form of pride. So you're looking for, you know, God to help you in it, but he can't because he resists the proud. We'll get into that next week. That's another story. But so how does life supposed to be? Light. And easy. Does that mean that you don't face challenges and problems? Not at all. We all face that stuff, but we know something different. We have inside information on what the Word says. It may look like this, but the Word says, I don't fast my eyes on what, what I can see, because that's subject to change. So what do I look at? I look at what He said. Whenever what I see contradicts what He says, I'm always going to stick with what He said, because what He said has to change what I see. That's how we live. Right, We're going to get into that this fall as we dig deep in all this. Okay? So this is the life that Jesus has for you and I. Everybody say, light and easy. Light and so tell, look at your neighbor and say, lighten up. They're like, no, seriously, tell them, lighten up. Do you know what is most, like, the biggest turnoff I find in church? Is a church that's so bogged down, serious. This is one thing that my oma always said, why are you so serious? She's, she's yeah. oh yeah, yeah, you say that all the time. You don't think you do. <laughs> Why are you so serious? I can hear her in nice cute Dutch accents. Why are you so Something like that. Why are you so serious? Sounds Russian, but. Why <laughs> are you so serious? <laughs> but you know what? You go to other cultures and things like that, man, you can kind of look and go, man, nothing's serious to them. And in some ways, that's good. Right? Then of course, there's time to be serious. There's times to get the, the, our job done. But of course, when we get into this next season, especially when the Lord gave us these words as a family to dig deep, we have to hang on to our joy. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's not me trying to work hard. I got to get this going. No, the joy of the Lord is my strength. <laughs> I need to learn to live light and easy. You know what really helps me with that? Kids. Kids. <laughs> <laughs> So if, if you don't got any kids around you, I just encourage you, you can borrow ours if you want for a little bit. We'll go on a date. But, <laughs> but at the same time, and you just, you have kids around you. Everything is just light and easy. Everything. I mean, like we taking the kids down to Seattle. Every well, that the first part was, it, it got fun and then it turned to crying. And I'll tell you what happened. <laughs> it, it, was, it was awesome because we were, you know, we got up early. We went for ice cream at nine o'clock in the morning because 8.30, Ed Eileen Dairy. Anybody ever heard of that right across the border? Man, they should pay, you know it, oh man, they have the biggest ice cream cones for cheap. Like I'm talking one as big as my head and I'm talking, that's only two bucks. Yeah, what? I know, Edeline Aline Dairy, you owe me, all right? That's... So all of a sudden we were getting all there and Max kept saying, what's that smell? And then all of a sudden we go, oh Max, it's just, it's, you know, it's a, we've got a lot of farm area around here. It's like, it stinks. And then they start making fun of, you know, cow, poopy no, and they start laughing but it wasn't so funny about an hour and a half later as we continue to keep driving down south to Seattle and the smell continues to come in most random places. It was all funny, <laughs> these cows and they steak and la, 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 la. And all of a sudden it goes, why does it still smell? Poop, oh, I don't like the smell. And for those of you that want to know who my son Max is, he's got a really you know, intense smell. What's that, chicken pot pie and cow dung. He's got no time for that. <laughs> But I just say again, everything just light and easy. So what do we do? Man, these kids just like to have fun. Oh, well, Let's play this game. Let's beat each other up. There's just a, there's a lightness to it. Listen, there's a lightness to it. I encourage you, if you haven't beat up your kids in a little while, start. <laughs> there's nothing better, man. There's nothing better than it. Actually allowing to get some shots in there. It, it's good. It's fun. Everybody comes exhausted. It's, it's great. But what happens is we become so serious. Oh, I got to take care of this. Chill. Just, just chill. Because if, if Jesus were to look at your life, and he would go, thank you for being so serious. You, man, A, give you 100% on being serious. When heaven is light and easy, people are going to be uncomfortable there simply because, why is nobody taking anything seriously around here? Why are they laughing all the time? It's what it is. Because joy is strength. And it says, our God, he sits in the heavens and he laughs. But look at all, look at the culture around us. Look at all these, these guys are doing this is wrong. Everything's just wrong. God, he sits in the heavens and he laughs. Yeah. God doesn't go, oh man, the, just, the devil's just doing so much work. I just, I don't know how I'm going to keep up. He's fine. Yeah. He's fine. Yeah. He's not concerned because you know what he looks at? He looks at you and me, the joy that was set before him. He gets excited about you. Aren't you glad that he stays excited about you rather than dismissing you and go, okay, I already got him. But what's wrong with the rest of these guys? He gets focused on the wrong thing. I'm talking about God. He gets so caught up in what's wrong in this world and forget about you and I. And here we are. We have, he has us and we have him. And he is in love with the relationship he has with you. He loves it. In fact, now what is he saying? Come come on, let's, let's go a little deeper. Let's go a little bit further. Let, let me show you some more. Do I need to prove that to you? Let me just give you a verse real quick. Ephesians 2.7. Some of you are thinking, this guy needs to be more serious. I'll prove not. Because the way that I always spelled God when I was a youth pastor was F-U-N. So either my spelling is wrong or something else is wrong. Ephesians 2.7 Verse 6, it says, God raised us up from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we're united with Christ Jesus. Why did he do this? Verse 7, so that God can point to us where in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth, of his grace and his kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God, for ages past, what are we going to do in heaven? We're going to just be bored all the time? No. God is going to use you as an example to show how kind he is all the time. He's going to keep showing you more and more kindness. God, this is too much. No, shut up. Take more. More. No, God, I really can't. No, shut up. You need more. This is who our God is. Can you see him this way? Oh, I get excited to think about this is our God. You have a lot, you have one, uh, maybe a loved one that's in heaven right now. What's happening to them? They are just being poured the goodness, the kindness of God on a regular basis. Why do you think they're dancing all the time? They get excited. Why do you think there's so much joy? Nobody's just going, oh, what am I going to do today? Just, just hang around here? No, God is showing them stuff always. Can, can you see this? It's bigger than just this little world that we live in. So much more to it. So now, humility. Let me get back at this. (laughs) So what is humility? I got three things that I want to share with you and I'll close it down. What is humility? Number one, humility lives in reality. It lives in reality. Whereas opposed to pride, it lives in lies. It lives in deception. You know, Obadiah, there's only one chapter in there. Obadiah verse 3, it says, because of the deception in your heart, you actually can't see. So, What is humility? Humility lives in truth. It lives in reality. Now, Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. Paul says, For I say through the grace given unto me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought. So don't be high-minded. What does it mean to be high-minded? Puffed up. Other translations talk about actually enveloping themselves in smoke. Dun, 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 dun. I am God's gift to the world. Like he's saying, don't be high-minded, but to think soberly. Yeah. But at the same time, don't think high-minded. Don't think lowly of yourself either, because right. just going on saying, "Oh, I'm just you know, I'm just no good. I don't do anything right." That's not humility. That actually is pride. Yeah. <laughs> there's a fine line between these two. Can can you see that? There's oh man, I'm God's gift to the world, and then there's oh, I'm just a nobody. You're both wrong. Yeah. So what is it? Humility lives in reality. Now, what is reality? This is how Jesus lived his life. I'll give you an example. I think I have John chapter 5. Do I have that verse on there? Yeah, okay, John five nineteen. So this is how Jesus lived. So he said, I speak to you timeless truth. The son is not able to do anything from himself or through my own initiative. I only do the works that I see my father do, for the son does the same works as his father. So this is reality. Can you be bold, strong, and humble all at the same time? Absolutely you can. They don't contradict themselves. Right? It's because you live in truth. Now, Jesus, I don't have this verse on there, but in John chapter 7, this is right after Jesus proclaimed and gave a good, powerful word of teaching, says, the people were surprised when they heard him. How does he know so much when he hasn't even been trained, the people asked? Jesus told them, my message is not my own. It comes from God who sent me. What is that? Reality. Every time Jesus didn't take credit for one message he preached. Why? Because he knew where it came from. So I've heard this before. It said to me, like, oh, that was a great message. Thank you. You know, God, God gave me the words for that. Is that truth? Absolutely. Am I, I, like, this is something that I say all the time. I am anointed to preach the word of God so people get it. Is that arrogant? What's wrong with you? No, it's reality. I know the grace that God gave me, so what do I do? Rather than downplaying it, go, oh, I'm just not that anointed. I hope people like what I got to say. I hope Sunday's going to be fun for everyone. Man, you guys would leave so fast. It'd just be like, shut up. We're going somewhere else. Like, we'll go play in the park or whatever. So what happens is because when there's boldness, people are attracted to strength and boldness. So that's why we boldly proclaim who we are in Him. (laughs) Because I'm going to show you some in you realities that are going to make you see it. But in Christ, I can do all things, finish it though with me, through Christ. I am forgiven in the Beloved. Apart from Him, I, I can't do anything. So this is, humility is, you know, Philemon verse 6, it actually says that your faith may become effectual by the communicating of every good thing which is in you because you're in Christ Jesus. So what am I? I'm the righteousness of God. Oh, finish it. In Christ Jesus. Me by myself, I am not the righteousness of God. So a lot of times, this is, listen, it, it may not mean, seem like a big deal, but when you stop to think about it, me in myself, I am Nothing. I am not the righteousness of God in Joel housing. I'm not. <laughs> but in Christ, I am. Right? So let me just show you a few uh, in yous. Are you ready? This is this is again something that you don't have to confess over yourself, but it's just good to see it. So number 1, four in you realities. In yourself, you are nothing. <laughs> Why don't we just say that together? In myself, I am nothing. Now, I don't want you just to go, oh, that was cute. I want you to think on this. In myself, I am nothing. Galatians chapter 6, verse 3. And I'm going to give you New Testament scripture to prove it. It says, if you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Again, just to show the humility, this is this is Humility. In myself, I got nothing. But in Christ, I got it all. I'm complete in Him. I'm just, I'm complete. I got it all together. In, your, in yourself? No, you, you was lost by yourself. You was confused on your own. Right? I'm so glad we got excited about that. In you, you are nothing. Number two, in yourself, you know nothing. But can I just tell you, this is what the problem with evolution is. Do you know what evolution is? Do you know what it's based from? Pride. Because the whole purpose of it is, is some guy just wants to think, no, I just, I crawled up from the muck, and man, I climbed into a tree, and I turned into a monkey. And after I swung from some branches and I landed on the ground, I became a man. I did it. Man. And you know, the whole purpose and the premise is, they don't want to show or say how dependent they are on somebody or something else. That's the whole foundation and what's wrong with pride. And a lot of culture today is, I did it. I made it work for me. I made my living. I got this house. I got this. And I'm going to show you the next one. You got nothing that wasn't given to you. Nothing. (laughs) What I'm doing, I'm aware right now, I received grace, a ministry grace to preach and teach the word of God. I cannot do this on my own. It's not in me. I don't have it. It's a, I don't even have the talent for it. What happens? He comes and supernaturally touches a person's life so that you're able to fulfill something great for him. And I'm not just talking about... It's anything. There's people in here that can serve like you would not believe. How do they do that? God has touched their life in such a special way that God is able to... Now, because of his grace in your life, you're able to do it amazingly. <laughs> it's amazing. This is how the whole body operates. There's no superheroes in the body. We're just a bunch of people that received a gift from God and go, thank you, I'm going to use it to bless the church. That's, That's what it is. Right? How come Terry can sing so good? It's not just Teresa singing. <laughs> and I mean, you we know, I, I can say this because I know Terry. She wouldn't just go, now this is, I took singing lessons as a kid. I learned all this. I practiced day in and day out. No. There's a supernatural grace to carry it out. Man, so anyways, so that was the one. In yourself, you know nothing, 1 Corinthians 8, verse 2. (laughs) This feels so good, doesn't it? (laughs) Anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't know really much. (laughs) Okay? Number three, in yourself, you have nothing. Ready? 1 Corinthians 4, 7. It says, for what gives you the right to make such a judgment? Read it in context, you'll see it. I just wanted to pull out this part. Is what do you have... That God hasn't given you? Now answer the question. What do you have that God hasn't given you? My wife is a gift from the Lord. My children are a gift from the Lord. So I haven't worked to get anything. (laughs) So then he says, and if everything you have is from God, why boast as though it were not a gift? (laughs) If we could just live our life, everything I got came from God, and at any moment, if he asked me to do something with it, I'll give it away. Why? Because there's more to come. This is mine. Mine. What do we sound like? (laughs) And I'm trying to beat that out. We don't say mine, 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 mine. That's what my little daughter's saying now. Mine, mine, mine. No, it's not yours. Mine, 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 mine. And as long as we keep that mindset, as long as it's yours, you're not a steward of it anymore. What if God told you to give it away? Well, no, it's mine. What do you have that God hasn't given you? Again, I want you to ask this question. God tells you to give your house away. What do you have that God hasn't given you? What is it? Now, honestly, think about it. We get so caught up in Possessions. Well, this uh, I I gave uh, gave a watch away to somebody, and they went. Somebody came up to me. Why did you give that? Was one of your best ones? It's not a gift unless it costs me something. I could give garbage all day. When I drop stuff off at Bibles for Missions, I'm not blessing them. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, we kind of go. You know, a lot of people walk in. Dun 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 dun. dun. You're welcome, everybody. There's there it all is. (laughs) Unless it costs you, it's not a gift. Are you you picking up what I'm throwing down? So I don't want anybody to walk into Bibles of Missions or some thrift store and go, hey, y'all welcome. Here's a bunch of crap. And they just go, you are the man. I'm, man, you, 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 you. And we're expecting a big plaque. And it's junk we've got from 15 years ago. That's not a gift. (laughs) Anyway. And if everything you have is from God, why boast is that we're not a gift? Everything I have is a gift. So what do I do? I'm a steward of it. Yeah. So if God ever told me to give my shoes away, I'd give them away. I actually gave away my T-shirt in a coffee shop. <laughs> I had another shirt, so I put that on. But this guy, you know, he was working, He's the barista. He just said, man, I really like your shirt. And I went, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I sat back down, and I just had the Lord just deal something in my heart. he said, I want you to give him that shirt. I went, Lord, that is the weirdest thing to do. Like... <laughs> here you go, man. By the way, can I have another coffee? Like I'm not, I said, God, I'm not, I had to deal with myself a little bit on that. But I just, after about 10, 50 minutes, I just, I felt like I was just checking. I was like, devil, are you trying to get me to strip? Like what is going on here? I need to, I need to be clear. What is this? Get behind me Satan. So finally, like after all, you know, debating within myself, I just thought, you know what, there's a piece to this. And it was a shirt that I had just bought. My wife liked it. And she said, girl, boy, you look good in that. So I went, girl, I'm going to wear it every day so I finally had that piece and so I brought it I, I you know, went to the bathroom, took it off folded it up and put on my other shirt and came back to him and I said I just want to let you know that God, my king Jesus told me to give you this shirt because he loves you and you should see the guy broke down in tears behind <laughs> I am a steward of it I'm a steward of this shirt anybody like this jean jacket? you get it <laughs> <laughs> But I do not own anything. So if the Lord tells me, and here's the thing, people just say, oh, I like that shirt, I want it. I'm not going to give you nothing. But if the Lord tells me to do it, that's a whole different story. Because a lot of people can guilt you and con you into a bunch of stuff. I'm not talking about that. And that's why a lot of times, even passing people on the streets, I don't give money to anything. Unless the Lord specifically deals with me. I don't just throw hands out like that. That's not God. That's not who Jesus is either. There you go. Okay. Where did we get off on that? How on earth are we there? Yeah, So in yourself, you have nothing. Number four, in yourself, you can do nothing. This is the big one, John 15, 5. You gotta, I believe this. In myself, I can't do it. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, why are you working so hard This is what I can't understand. People are trying to make things happen in their their personal life, in their families, and they are not spending time with Him in the Word. How? It doesn't work. And this is what the Lord said to me, dig deep because surface isn't working anymore. That's the phrase the Lord gave me. Surface Christianity is not working anymore. We got so much hype in the body of Christ that nothing is working when life hits you in the face. When the enemy tries to bring an attack, we are here on an assignment to push a kingdom forward, not trying to make everybody, yeah, this is amazing. We're trying to make things happen. Can you see that? This is what we're doing here. Okay, giddy up. So, those are, those are the four things I wanted to say. So, what is humility? Humility lives in reality. Number two, humility asks, pride assumes. Pride, what is pride? Do? It just assumes. Well, I've done this for the last 10 years. I'm going to just keep doing it this way. Humility asks. Can we say that together? Humility asks. Pride assumes. Especially if things have been going well and things have been working over and over on a regular basis. Have you asked him? Maybe he wants to do something different. Right? You know, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 In the Amplified says, lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. Verse 6, in how many ways? How many ways? All your ways. But I've been doing this for the past 10 years. In all. Even if I've been doing it year in, year out, year in, year out. This is something that we have to do a regular in the church. Just, we have to put everything back on the table. Does the Lord want us to continue this? Lord, what do you say? Do you want this being done again? Yeah, I do. Okay, then we continue on with it. Humility just asks. Pride just, oh, we're going to just keep doing the same old, same old that. It, it don't work. And especially, <laughs> I'm finish this off. In all your ways, know, recognize, and I love this one, acknowledge him. And what will he do? He'll direct and make straight and plain your path. That's what he'll do. So I'm going to just continue to ask. I'm not going to assume just because God did it this way one time that he's going to do it again the same way. I'm going to acknowledge him. Say, Lord, what do you say about this situation? I know last time you had me do this. You Last time you had me put in more hours at work. Last time you had me have a talk with a boss. Last time you had me do this. But what do you want me to do about it now? The same Holy Spirit that anointed Jesus to lay hands and speak the word and people were healed is the same Holy Spirit that told Jesus to spit on the ground and make spit and put on a guy's eyes. So you may be doing the same thing over and over and the Holy Spirit's like, I want you to spit. <laughs> and you spit. However He wants you to do it, don't just get accustomed, this is how God does it and that's it. Right, okay, I'm, hands are going to be laid on me and I'm going to receive my healing. Let God tell you how he's going to do it rather than you dictating it. Assumption is a huge killer. (laughs) Alright. Thirdly here, so again, number one was humility lives in reality. Humility asks versus pride assumes. And the last one is humility is what you do. It's what you put on and you make yourself low. God does not humble you. Can we just say that together? God does not humble me. That's not his job. His job is not trying to hurt you and get you down low. It's your job to lower yourself. Nobody can make me bend my knee. Nobody. Only I can make that choice. It's a choice for me to say, okay, Lord, this upward relationship, I'm willing to be taught. I'm willing to open up to a new idea from you. Lord, I submit myself to you. I can only do that. I can't do that for Jamie. I can't do that for my kids. I can't force anybody to get closer to God. And this is what he's saying, to walk humbly. Can you see, this is why he said, I want you to walk humbly with me. I want you to live in reality. I want you to ask me. I want you not just to be so focused on, you know, you know, living as. I want you to put on this attitude because again, this is who Jesus is. Philippians chapter 2, 3 for 8 it says, be free from pride-filled opinions. Lord knows there's a lot of those. For they will only harm your cherished unity. And he's, this is how he's talking to the church. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts. But in an authentic humility, put others first and view others more important than yourself. What if we just did that? Imagine what the church world would be like if we just did that. <laughs> what do I mean by that? I mean, honoring people that are just looking at people and going, you are more important than I am. Here, why don't you take this? Why don't you, why don't you have that? If we just did that, how much that would change? Verse uh, 4, thank you. He says, abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. woo what is this? This is kingdom culture talk. Yeah, this is how the kingdom operates. I don't know about you, but that's, that's what I want my life to live like. Well, I'm going to possess a greater concern for what matters to you rather than what I want. That's why we don't build church around a personality. This is what I prefer. Know what's best for everyone. Yeah. What would everyone like? Right? That's a lot of times. I mean, just, oh, I won't go into that. <laughs> Verse 5. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. So we're going to look at him. Let his mindset become your motivation. So I want you to see, this is the mindset Jesus had. Verse 6. He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Verse 7. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. And on top of that, verse 8. He says, he humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was a perfect example, even in his death, a criminal's death, by crucifixion. Wow. This is the attitude he took on. I don't mind being naked in front of the whole world as I'm being crucified. Why? Because I have your greater interest in my mind. This is the mindset. But here's the thing. He put it on. was a put it on. You have to put on humility. God is not going to force you to be humble. He's not going to force you to listen to him. You have to put it on. Didn't you see that this is vital? Because we're going, well, God, why aren't, why aren't you speaking to so-and-so? Why aren't you doing that you know, in somebody else's life? My best friend is going through this, and so why aren't you doing that? Until somebody bows, God has no access. Why? Because he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. This is all this. This is it. This is the answer for maybe where you're at. It's humility. Maybe you've been so smart that God can't even talk to you. (laughs) I know it all, God. I've heard that before. I've been through this. I've done that. I've seen this. It doesn't matter what you've seen. It doesn't matter how much you know. I know the Bible inside and out. Good for you. No, you don't. We have no idea. We've just scratched the surface on John 3:16. Oh, I've heard that before. And as long as you've heard that before, you'll never hear it again, if you know what I mean. <laughs> okay. Let's finish this off, Joel. Okay. So put on humility so that... Now, here's the thing the Lord said. it. Put on humility so that you can walk properly and effectively. I want to walk right. It's not how high I can jump during worship. It's how straight I walk when I land. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to put it on. I'm going to say, put it on. Colossians 3, 12, look at this. This is what he's telling again the church. He says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you, ever say must. must. You must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, with kindness, and what does he say right in there? Yes. Humility, gentleness, and patience. Do you guys, can you go verse 13 for a sec? I don't know if I put that on there. But I'm going to show you this. Well, yeah, that all sounds great. Oh, can you get that? Because that would be delicious if you could. If not, go, yeah, there it is. So I'm going to put on humility. I've put all this on. Well, why? So that I can make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Because again, do you know what, when you don't make allowance for anybody else's fault, you know what that is? It Starts with a P. <laughs> Pride. Pride. Do you know when you cannot forgive someone who's offended you? Do you know what that is? Come on, somebody. What is that? It's pride. But they did me wrong. It doesn't matter. It's about your walk. It's not about how well they're walking. It's about you. So this is why he's saying, put it on. I'm going to put this on. He says, because God loves you. You're his cherished holy people. Put all this on. Why? Because guaranteed, somebody's going to screw up guaranteed somebody is going to offend you. And I'm not talking about those little sugarly, oh, I'm just offended by you looking at me. I'm not talking about that sissy junk that's out there. I'm talking about literally somebody hurting you on purpose, somebody saying things to you. This has happened to me just recently. I've had some, you know, big people saying things about me that aren't right, that aren't true. So my my first, when I heard about this, when I got a little taste of it, my first instinct is to go, Rip their head off in the name of Jesus. <laughs> but after just seeing all this stuff, there have I made mistakes before? Absolutely. <laughs> have I needed forgiveness before? Have I offended people before? Absolutely. So what do I expect? I expect forgiveness to be coming to me. I expect to, you know for people to make allowances for me. So what am I going to do? I'm going to extend that same mercy. How do you do that? I put on humility. I put on... Kindness I put on gentleness, and I say I forgive them It's done and every time it comes up in my brain. I'm gonna just go Lord. I thank you for them. I bless them I don't feel like it. It doesn't matter about your feeling. There's nothing to do with it. He just said put it on I don't want to do it put it on and it'll change. How do you put it on you speak it. I walk in humility the same example that Jesus set up before me, I'm going to follow that exact same pattern. He was God, yet he became a man for me? Surely I can forgive another brother or sister in Christ. Get over yourself. You're, you're thinking too much about you. Well, this happened to me? Yes, it may have happened to you. It may that, that sucks. It really does. But you've got to move on. How? Humble yourself, God. What do I do? Take on a new thought. Something as simple as that. Are, are we seeing this? We're okay? Ru-ruh. And the last verse I want to share, Psalm 25, 9. Oh, Jerry, we're okay for the worship part of it. Psalm 25, 9 says, He leads the humble in doing right, teaching them His way. What does He do? God, you have that one on the screen there, Psalm 25, 9. It says, He leads the humble in doing right. What else, what He do, do? He teaches them His ways because <laughs> you know that God's ways are totally contradicting the world's ways yeah. what's God's way? tithing I don't know if it doesn't make any sense but when you see God's way doing it you get excited about it yeah. do you know that tithing is a spiritual thing how do you know? I remember hearing this said: has the devil ever tempted you to tithe <laughs> has he? No. He never will. Why? Because it's a spiritual law. (laughs) Just threw that in there for fun. But when you learn those things, he leads the humble in doing right. When you start lowering yourself, God, teach me, I'm open to learning from you. You know what happens? He starts to show you the way he does things and it's glorious. Amen. Let's all stand up. I'm done. Oh, anybody else hot in here? Seriously, man, I got, yeah. Oh, but what I want to do this morning is I want to just, you know, the, the last song that we sang or a couple songs ago, it says, I'm here for you. And I want to just give you an opportunity this morning just to take two minutes, just to kind of center our hearts again, saying, Lord, I'm here for you. If you want to teach me, if you want to talk to me, if you want to change me any kind of way, God, I am here for you. My heart is set on you. Can we just do that again this morning? If that's you this, this, this morning, I want just to encourage you. What I'm working through is I want any kind of pride in me, I want it out. God, I want, I want nothing. I want no pride in me. I want no, nothing that can hinder you and me from walking together hand in hand. I want it out. Anybody else interested in that? So this morning, you know where it begins? It begins with a humble heart. Just say, Lord, I'm humbling myself before you. You know, I didn't get to that scripture, but 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6, he says, so humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and he'll exalt you in due time. Now, here's the thing. If you don't humble yourself, you can't get exalted. It all starts with you and I making a decision. I'm going to put this on. Lord, I need to learn something. Maybe I've, you know, I've heard correction. I got offended. Lord, I, I'm humbling myself. Teach me. Maybe I got offended at my wife. Maybe I got offended at my husband. Maybe I said something that was wrong. Lord, I am humbling myself before you so that you can teach me the proper way and the path that I need to be on. Can we just do that for a moment? I'm, Lord, I just lift my hands to you. Father, as pastors of this church, Lord, again, we just humble ourselves before you. We cannot do this without you. But with you, we can lead, we can guide, we can direct a church that you had in your heart all along from the beginning of time. Jesus, we are, as a church family, you have anointed this place to preach and teach the word of God so people get it. And we thank you for that. So Lord, right now we just come before you, humbly, asking you for help, asking you for grace. Asking you for more of this grace to help us in our time of need. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, we worship you. We honor you. Oh, we bless you, Lord. Go on, let's just lift your hands to Him. Jesus, there's no one like you. Oh, my example of humility is You. Thank you for being so gracious. Thank you for taking off the whole divine nature and taking upon yourself a mankind. You took on human flesh for us. Jesus, thank you. And we want to honor you by walking humble before you. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. You know, while everybody's just got their just talking to the Lord. I want to just give one more invite. If there's anybody here that has never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that is the greatest thing that you'll ever do is receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you've never done that before and if you'd like to do that, you want to just shoot up your hand. It's just real simple. We're going to just pray with you and we'll just go from there. Is anybody here that has never done that before? Just want to make sure. saw a few faces that I didn't recognize this morning and I just want to say welcome to you. Hope you enjoyed us here because we enjoyed having you. Well, I want to make sure if you've never received Jesus into your life, it's the greatest joy that you could ever do. And if you don't really want to raise your hand, that's okay. What I would encourage you to do is we have a prayer team that will come up here right after the service is over. Just come and talk to them and just say, hey, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want to invite him into my life. It's the greatest journey you could ever be on. And they'll, they'll give you some tools and they'll pray with you. So I encourage you just to do that. Amen. Well, you humble bunch. Great to be back. Man, it's awesome. Pastor Sheila, I'll give it over to... Hey, thanks for listening. If you live in the Central Alberta region of Canada, we would love to have you come out and check out one of our weekend messages. For more info on all of our directions, service times, and children's programs, visit our website at impactlife.ca. That's impactlife.ca.